Whew. How are we? Uh, oh, sorry. Um, uh, uh, thanks, sorry. It's good. Um, how's your week been? Bit crazy? Mine too. Just, um, Better safe than sorry, right? If you're going outside, <coughs> be prepared. Let's begin. Welcome to Village Churches and Burley Heads Uniting Churches um, Exploration into the Unknown, um, where all the waters are uncharted and we have no idea what we're doing or how we're going to get there. So thanks for joining us today, uh, whether that be through the live feed um, on in the service, uh, 9 o'clock or 4 o'clock, or whether it be on YouTube at a later date or via Facebook or whichever means you choose to get here. I hope you're going well. Um, I've had a crazy week and so if there's um, issues with uh, sermon quality, uh, recording and whatnot, um, the tech and stuff, we will get through it. Um, this week has been insane. We've had to re-strategize and re-strategize and re-strategize about how we might find a way forward. Um, and so it's not left a lot of time for anything else. Um, so I'm hoping, uh, this being a lovely Saturday morning, uh, that by the time it reaches you tomorrow, you will be in a place ready to receive what God might want to bring to you and to be encouraged in that space. Uh, first up, uh, some of you may be feeling overwhelmed or scared or worried. And first of all, um, I, I want to tell you that that's completely normal and that it's okay because God holds all of us and everything in his hands and he loves us and so our security we can find in God and in nothing else and on that you may be looking around and thinking about uh, the world as we know it and the economic strain everyone is either about to be in or starting to experience you hear the fear of small businesses closing um, you hear the fear of um, of society in a, in a sense collapsing as people can't work and schools close and so on and so forth um, and what I want to say to you is that it's a really good opportunity for us to see what we put our security in do we put our security in Christ and what he calls us to and being obedient to him? Um, do we rest in what God has given us in our salvation? Or do we find that as all this happens, we're more connected to our wealth and to our resources and to our safety um, than we realize that maybe actually we'd like to be? So what a wonderful opportunity this season is, not only to explore what church looks like in different ways, not only to connect with each other in really authentic and unique ways, but also to, um, to explore the inner idols that lurk within us all. What do we find our security in? Um, is that Jesus? And um, if not, what do we need to, um, to let go of? How do we need to reposition ourselves so that we might uh, find a love in Christ and a security in Christ? So today, I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about teaching and I want to talk about exhortation. So the gift of teaching and the gift of exhortation. We're continuing on our series. If you'd like to catch up a little bit from last week, those videos are also on our YouTube channel and I'd invite you to go and explore them. So what I want you to do now 
have a chat amongst yourselves. Who was the your most favorite teacher? Who was your most favorite teacher? I'm gonna give you three minutes. There's gonna be a countdown clock um, and you guys can have a chat about that right now. You go. Hopefully, hopefully you had some fruitful conversation. Um, I had uh, teachers in primary school, some of whom were amazing, and others that were quite questionable. I had Sunday school teachers when I used to go to church as a little kid, and all of them, including my mother, booted me out of Sunday school. In fact, I spent more time at Sunday school not in Sunday school um, as I did in Sunday school. Um, when I wrote my book, I actually um, contacted my teacher, my English teacher, and my home group teacher through high school, and pretty much said to her, I bet you didn't see this coming, because let's be honest, none of us in high school saw it coming at all. There was no way I was going to write a book. Um, and then, then as I think back to amazing teachers in my life, I think of my um, my minister before I was ordained, my only minister, um, his name's Ian, and he has a gift of teaching. He has a spiritual gift of teaching, of conveying truth and conveying uh, beauty and intellect and thought and uh, a stirring of the imagination in a way that not only sticks, but that can be transferred. And the gift of teaching is like that. It's, it's the giving of transferable truth. So if you're thinking, do I have the gift of teaching? Do you find yourself offering to others a transferable truth? I remember one uh, um, Sunday morning, Ian was preaching and he said the words, he said, forgiving others is the first step to healing pain we never deserved. Um, and as he said that, something in me just rang true. It's just this, this really powerful moment. And then, lo and behold, uh, after that, I was a youth pastor at the time, and after that, I was speaking with a young guy who was in a heap of trouble, and he was sort of sharing about the hurt and pain that had been done to him, and I found that I could immediately transfer to him what I'd gained from Ian just a few minutes before. So the gift of teaching has this transferable um, uh, characteristic about it. Second Timothy 1.13 says, What you heard from me, this is Paul writing, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. What you heard from me. And, and what has he just been speaking about is the question. You can go read it. Go on. But let me, spoiler alert, um, he was just talking about grace. He was talking about the love God has for us and the acceptance and the forgiveness that we find in Christ that's offered through Christ, the forgiveness of our sins and the reconciliation with God the Father. Um, this was the message that the gift of teaching stewards, it carries. The gift of teaching takes hold of this, this gift from God and it carries and presents it to others. Um, it explains it, it uh, represents it, it offers it and it's a pattern. It's a pattern he keeps on repeating with the effect of drawing those who hear closer and closer and closer to Christ. Then, 
We read Paul, he says, What you heard from me, keep as a pattern of sound teaching. Now, this sermon right now is my 994th sermon. Now, I had no idea a month ago that my 1000th sermon would be a video. A little bit disappointed about that. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I thought this could be fun and we'll celebrate it at church. Um, but no, this uh, will, it will, I'm sure, be recorded and presented in this way. Um, but 994 sermons that I've written, not that I've preached, that I've written, and there is a pattern to all of them. In, in any sermon, and you could go back, oh, I wouldn't, but you could go back right to the very beginning. You could listen to all those sermons and you would see a pattern emerge through that. And the pattern is this. God loves you. Jesus reveals that love. The Holy Spirit invites you to experience it. And when you do, everything changes. That's the message I just keep coming back to and preaching 994 different ways, but to convince people of this truth. It's the truth about the gift of teaching. It's the same pattern week after week after week. Oh, well, you get the deal. When you heard from me, Paul says, keep as the pattern of sound teaching. And then he in, in, introduces two um, distinguishing factors. To this spiritual gift. He says, with faith and love in Christ Jesus. So, what does teaching that's all about faith and love look like, do you think? I want you to have a think or a chat about that, and I'll give you two minutes. The spiritual gift of teaching is an act and an action of faith. When we are in the act of preaching, we, we do so with the expectation that God will show up, that God will act, that God will do something through those words that are shared. But the doing of it, the, the right now moment for me, is actioning of faith. It's actually saying, uh, God, I go out in faith to present this and speak to me and guide me and shape these words, carry these words to those of you who are listening, that you might be encouraged and loved and cared for in the midst of this. When I write a sermon, um, I find that it preaches to me before it preaches to anybody else. And I need to be in a position um, that actually um, enables God to question me, to challenge me, to encourage me, um, that I might bring a memory to mind or a recollection or a story or something that might shape it. It, it becomes this engagement in faith so that I have something to offer you. Teaching becomes this gateway for those things. Teaching is the gateway for love and faith. That through it your faith might be strengthened and your love might be expanded. Your love for God and for the scripture and for one another. 
So the point of this is that people, we don't want people to hear a great talk and go, wow, that was a great talk. I don't want people to say, wow, great video. I want people to say, wow, great God. Like, wow, God is good. And for the direction of their praise to be deflected from me, or, and I'm, every preacher would say this, and deflected toward God. It, it worries me, actually, when people become enamored or, or, or like really loyal to my teaching and my voice and what I say. Because uh, I am faulty, I am broken, I am as messed up as, as all of us. Um, and yet I want people to hear the voice of God and to trust the voice of God and to revere the voice of God. Um, I don't want any of those things for myself. See, what we need to do uh, with this gift of teaching, and the gift of teaching does that it presents Christ so that the presentation is forgotten, but Christ is remembered. So the, the preacher is no longer seen, or the teacher is no longer seen, but instead God is, and Christ is. When Paul wrote to the church of Rome, it was a church that he previously, when he wrote to, he said there is a spiritual gift of teaching, and those who have that gift should indeed teach. He then went on to say this in Romans 6, verse 17. But thanks be to God that through that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from the heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. There's that word pattern again. Did you see it? The word pattern in scripture means blueprint or plan or some repetitive action that keeps taking place. And as I shared before, uh, my rhythm in preaching is God loves you. Jesus has revealed that truth. The Holy Spirit invites you to experience it. And when you do, everything should change for you. That should result in people's allegiance to Jesus. Not allegiance to someone who has a spiritual gift of teaching. You see, the gift of teaching, it deflects people's attention from themselves onto God. You see, when we obey the teachings that, that Christ brings to us, we don't like the preacher, right? If, if I'm doing a good job, you won't like everything I have to say because God challenges us on that. Um, and it's actually God's challenge. That's why we do the things we do in response to, to good preaching, because God has asked us to do them. I don't want to be a preacher that everyone goes, wow, they're, they're really good. They say everything I agree with. And they're like, because I think God doesn't say the things that we agree with. He says things to, to rattle us. And I want to be able to say those things. And that's what the spiritual gift of teaching does. The gift of teaching it gives a unique way of exploring the scripture in enabling you to gain from the life that's held in its pages. And so when I say preaching, I mean teaching, teaching in a small group setting, teaching in like RE, in schools. For some of you, teaching, a spirit, using your spiritual gift of teaching in the classroom. It comes in all shapes and sizes, but that is the gift of teaching. So, stretch your legs, everyone stand up, I'll give you one minute to kind of have a bit of a break, and then we'll get back to it. How are we tracking? Um, so now I want to look at um, the gift of exhortation. 
fancy word, isn't it? Exhortation. And what I want to do is um, you to pause this and have a chat to the people that are around you. How would you define the gift of exhortation? And I'm going to give you 60 seconds. So let's get snappy, get to it. What is the gift of exhortation? Go. All right, let's come back. The gift of exhortation means to lift up, to exhort, to uphold, and to encourage. And our church, both congregations, are full of people with this gift. Absolutely chuckers. My experience, that people with this gift, when they see something happening, where they realize God is in the midst of that, they want to fan the flame of what God is doing, and so they encourage to call out the God elements that they see in another, which might be an act of kindness, it might be um, something that takes place that they see from a distance. Um, it might be uh, something that they hear about and it just rings in them and they want to reach out and say to that person, um, I saw what God did in that thing and I just want to name it so you know and so that God thing becomes bigger and better. Um, that gift, the gift of exhortation, the gift of encouragement is another word we can call it, is one of the most powerful and significant gifts that our world needs right now. Right now. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as you are in the habit of doing. The church thrives when it's under pressure. Uh, historically, for 2,000 years, when pressure has been applied to the church, the church thrives. Because that pressure usually means that more people are seeking to know what, what Christ wants. It means that those who are under pressure either slip back from faith or they push deeper into it. When we push deeper into it, significant and wonderful and powerful things happen. And so um, it can be quite easy to, to disengage, to fall back. And the gift of encouragement goes after those people and encourages them. Look what God is doing and encourages them back into the church, encourages them back into faith, encourages them back into community. Um, the early church... Um, was was inundated with people with the gift of encouragement and it was expressed in a variety of amazing ways. One of those ways was much like now that's happening for us when plagues would tear through um, cities and countries and people would be um, seen to be infected and family members would remove that person from their home and put them on the street, throw them out in the gutter. So so just think about it now. Your Your family votes you off the island. So you're voted out of the home and you're sick and perhaps you're really sick and you're dying and your family want to protect themselves and so they push you out onto the street. And in that scenario, which happened time and time again, the early Christians 
decided that instead of to stay safe in their monasteries and stay safe in these places where they had refuge, they felt the call of God to go to those people who were sick and infected and highly contagious and love them and care for them and and, um, tend to their wounds and nurse them. And some of them were nursed into death and some of them were nursed back to life and they had an opportunity when they operated with such grace and such unconditional love such self-disregard it created opportunities for them to share the why they did that that we follow a fearless God who we can find our security in so we need not fear in anything else if your gift is a gift to encourage and you you know it is because you feel it bursting out of you I want you to look for leadings of the Spirit. Somebody with a gift of of encouragement listens for the whisper and the winds of the Spirit to guide them in how they might um, encourage others that they might see. And so what I want you to do now is I want you to to take um, six minutes and I want you to talk about this question. This is a really important question. This is kind of where the rubber hits the road, especially for the situation that we're in at the moment. Who has the gift of encouragement amongst you? And how is that gift expressed? And how might that gift and the work of encouragement be expressed at this time? The fact that in a week or two, we may well be locked in our homes. So what does it mean for us to encourage? What on earth does that look like? And perhaps those with the spiritual gift of encouragement might be able to offer insight and creativity. But I want us to have a conversation about this in terms of, well, things change as a result of this. And we're going to go out and we're going to encourage people in whatever way, shape or form that looks like. So six minutes, time is on, go for it. I hope you arrived at some amazing ideas and creativity um, and that you just had a sense of um, uh, something uh, significant um, taking place as a work of the Spirit to, to call you out. Here's what I would say to you. If your gift is the gift of encouragement, I would encourage you, so forgive the pun, but I would encourage you to call somebody every day and encourage them. Call someone from within the church the seven days of this next week and encourage them and cheer them on and let them know that they're valuable, that they mean. You see, us being connected as a church, even though we might be virtually disconnected, us being connected to each other through phone, through text, through email, through FaceTime, through the various means that will become our only means, is so essential for mental health for spiritual health, for emotional health. And this isn't just something that's an optional extra. We are wired to be in relationship. And one of the tensions and the pressures we will all feel is a disconnect from that. There's a grief that we can't meet together as a church, that that the way villages meeting today, for example, in smaller groups, might not be how it lasts for the next week or two or month or whatever. We don't know. 
And so if your gift is a gift of encouragement, jump on that phone tomorrow. Phone someone, encourage them, love them, bless them. If your gift isn't encouragement, we'll do one of the things you guys just thought about or talked about that you might bring to your neighbour or a friend down the street or perhaps there's someone elderly that lives near you or is related to you. How might you lay your life down for them to love and care for them? You see, God gives this gift of exhortation to the church so that his beauty and his heart and his compassion might be revealed through the actions and the words of those who encourage. And so, encouragers, there is a great mantle of responsibility that rests upon you um, this coming week and weeks and months and months. Um, You will be one of the reasons God sustains us through this time. And so um, I'm going to wrap it up there. I'm going to conclude our time together. Um, and before I pray, I feel like I need to apologize. This sermon, um, I knew well before I preached it that it was nowhere near um, perhaps worthy of that gift of teaching. Um, it was nowhere near where I'd like it to be. But time restraints happen. And there's a bunch of learning I have to now do about editing and uploading and that whole world um, so that you guys can engage in this tomorrow. So apologies that it's not been... Um, but I endeavor to um, get better at this. I'd love some feedback too. Like if there's things uh, I realize for some of you, I may have spoken too fast and I will slow that down. Um, I realize for others of you that some of the things maybe I thought were funny, perhaps weren't. Um, So yeah, be kind to me and encouraging. (laughs) But if there's things that we can learn to get better at this, I would be keen for us um, to do that. And I want to say, I want to say sorry, not I don't feel it's my fault, but sorry that we can't meet. There's a grief in all of us that we can't do our thing that we do on Sundays, that we can't gather. It shows us how special that is and how important that is. And I think this time we'll do that. This time of uh, living in a different reality will help us be really grateful for the things that we miss. And may, um, may God impress that upon us and may we not lose sight of that. All right, let's pray. Loving God, we thank you for your grace and your kindness, your goodness, your care for us. We thank you that you've placed people amongst us to teach us and to guide us in your ways. Give us the courage and the strength to be obedient. And Lord, we we thank you for the gift of encouragement. May you stir us now, Lord, to encourage, to uplift, to exhort, that this gift of exhortation might lift others up and lift their eyes to you. So Lord, show us what you are doing in this world. Show us what you are doing in people's lives and fan the flame of your encouragement that that may be, be bolstered and people might see that and be encouraged in that space. And Lord, I pray your spirit would speak now to the people that are listening to this, whether they be at Village or Burley Hedge Uniting Church or elsewhere and just tuning in. Lord, encourage them and bless them and love them. And may they encounter you right now by the power and love of your grace, may they realize that they are deeply loved by you. You are so in love with them and that they might find a renewal in that, Lord. And so hold us together as a church, Lord. Hold us together as a community. Love us and show us how we might love this world. And we pray these things in your powerful name. And everybody agreed and said, Amen. 
Um, all right, I just need to say that um, the, the village, um, this is your house group, house church that you're in. We will try every week to meet until um, the authorities say we cannot meet anymore and then we will just be virtually online and we will then need to increase the chat function that's connected to this that we're not using today because I'm facilitating one of these groups as well as um, uh, Paul and Teresa, so thank you guys. Dale and Wendy, thank you guys. Um, and Megs, thank you. And I just want to say a special thank you to Dale Kerr who's just been amazing um, at, at guiding and helping us as a church navigate our way through this. So you can clap him if you want. Um, yeah, no, clap him. He can't hear most of you, but thanks, Dale. Um, and Burley Hedge Uniting Church, um, you have a pastoral friend, a pastoral carer. I just encourage you to connect with them this week if they haven't connected with you already. And ask them who you can care for. Who can you look after? Who can you reach out to? And let's, um, let's see the church become the beacon of hope and the beacon of light that God has um, placed Christ within us to be. Have a blessed week, everybody. I'm on the other end of the phone if you need me. Um, so give me a call or a text or whatever. And, um, and be blessed and have a great week. Thanks.